read to you a brief passage from the Gospel of St. Luke in chapter 2. I begin in verse 25. And behold, there is a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So he came by the Spirit to the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God. And from that point in the gospel, we hear that blessed song of St. Simeon. St. Simeon, a righteous man, where is prophesied over him. It was told to him that he would not see death until he saw the Christ, encountered the Christ in the flesh. Why do I read to you this story today, this gospel reading? It's not our gospel reading for this Mass. Because there's something the gospel writer says about our Lord Jesus Christ in that very passage. That has everything to do with what is to be the focus of the Mass of the fourth Sunday of Advent. St. Simeon was waiting for Jesus, and Jesus was called the consolation of Israel. The consolation of Israel. This, uh, this understanding and experience of Christ being the consolation of his people has quite frankly been a very huge focus this Advent in my experience with God. In what he's showing me about himself. And today it's to be the focus of us all. Because in the collect prayer of the mass. Today. If you remember what the collect prayer. Its intention is. It is a prayer that the priest prays. That we all lift up in our hearts to God. That grants us the focus of our soul. For the remembrance to be done this day. It prepares us to worship and pray. And receive from Christ our God. And in the college prayer today, here is our prayer. O Lord, raise up, we pray thee, thy power, and come among us, and with great might succor us. That whereas through our sins and wickedness we are sore let and hindered in running the race set before us, thy bountiful grace and mercy may speedily help and deliver us. These words, consolation, Jesus being called the consolation of Israel and being known as the sucker of Israel and our calling upon him to come with power. Now come to us and with great might sucker us here in our lives. These words are so intertwined, sucker and consolation. For consolation means, Lord, come and with everything you are, console my soul. Console my soul. Come and be the consolation of Israel of which I am a part of. And this word sucker, this indicates the ministry of Christ that consoles the soul of his people. Let me give you a number of helpful phrases that might help you understand the word sucker because it's one of those words I find it's like a diamond in its beauty. You know, a diamond has multiple edges and sides in which to look at. And you put them all together and you get the beauty of the diamond. 
And the word sucker is like that. Let me just throw some things at you so that you understand Christ's ministry and what we're asking come in your power to succor us. It means to come to the aid of someone who is in dire need or under attack. It's to come and draw near, come alongside someone and deliver them in their oppression. To come alongside in order to bring relief in the midst of suffering. And then at some point, to succor also means to be brought out of suffering. That is, Lord, bring your healing work into my life. Deliver me from the suffering. It's to come alongside someone to undergird someone with support when they need it the most. And it's to come alongside someone to strengthen them when they're walking in their greatest weaknesses. I could go on with more. But this is what the ministry of Christ succoring his people means. These are all the things that he does for us. And as he ministers to us this succor, as we say, <clears throat> as he ministers this to us, he consoles our soul. And that is where the two are intricately joined together. And I find no greater passage in Holy Scripture that defines the ministry of Christ succoring his people than when Christ, through his own words in the Gospel of St. Luke in chapter 4, uttered the prophecy that he gave Isaiah about himself that would show forth when Christ would come and what his ministry would look like. Jesus Christ says about himself in Luke chapter 4, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. To proclaim liberty to the captives. And recovery of sight to the blind. To set at liberty those who are oppressed. And to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. This is everything you heard in Jesus' own words describing the very reason he came among us with great power. This is what it means that Christ our God suckers us to the consolation of our souls. He does all of those ministries to all of those, for all of those who will allow him to come and walk alongside them in this life. He grants them these great ministries of divine power and healing and comfort. Because this is who he is. He comes and from his divine nature and with his divine power, he comes to our aid with comfort and healing in his wings for all those who allow him those ministries. And my friends, when we experience the succor, that ministry of Christ that comes alongside for all of these reasons, that's where we also experience that consolation of the soul and what does it do for the soul? It brings the soul to the place it was created to exist, the mode of its true existence. It brings the soul to rest. It brings the soul to rest. Out of all of the dismay, out of all of the brokenness, out of all of the temptations and the giving in to temptations and the tension within the soul that life in this world in this fallen world causes upon the soul, it brings it to rest, the consoling ministry of Jesus Christ. 
How would Christ become our consolation? My friends, we'll celebrate it Thursday night. His consolation begins with his incarnation as he would take our broken flesh and he would suffer everything that we would suffer. As St. Paul says in Hebrews chapter 2 and 4, that not only would he suffer every human suffering that you and I could ever encounter and endure in this life, but he experienced every temptation we will ever have thrown at us. And he experienced every human weakness in his humanity that we have within ourselves. St. Paul writes these things. And I want to read you the words of St. John Chrysostom. Speaking specifically to Paul's teaching in Hebrews chapter 2. Where Paul talks about the fact that he is so able to be compassionate toward us in our suffering. Because he took every bit of our suffering within himself. As he took his, our flesh upon him. St. John Chrysostom says this. For the writer says. Because he himself has suffered and been tempted. He is able to help those. Succor those who are tempted. This was said for the full assurance of the hearers. And on account of their weakness. That is he would say. He went through the very experience of that which we have suffered. Now he is not ignorant of our sufferings, not only because as God he knows them, but also because as man who suffered, he knows them through the trial with which he was tested. Since he suffered many things, he knows how to have compassion for the suffering. He knows what our tribulation is. He knows what our temptation is, not, not less than we who have suffered. For he himself has suffered for us. Wrapping our minds around this incredible truth of love. The love that God is for you. Is very difficult. To think that God. Well, we get that God became man. But do we plumb the depths of the incarnation? Do we really look and see that God took on our flesh to where he truly experienced every suffering we will ever have to suffer in this life within himself. He took the suffering upon himself. He took temptations within himself. He dwelled in human weakness, joining it to divinity that human weakness might be understood and overcome perfectly. He went that far to bring you and take you upon himself, within himself, to grant you joint Joining with his divinity. That we might come out of all this. And he might be our sucker. My friends all those who seek first. Christ and his kingdom. They will experience all of these ministries. That Christ desires. Has come to do for you. And when you experience them. You will find consolation in your souls. Because when we experience Christ in these ways. When we let ourselves. Experience Christ in these ways. Great faith and great stability comes into our person, is granted to our souls as a gift from God. And I want to close with a testimony. I want to show you the results of those who allow Christ to live and dwell so intimately with them in fellowship that they have experienced the supper of Christ. And now they know the consolation of Israel. They know the consolation, the rest of their own souls. I heard this testimony many, many years ago, but I was reminded of it again 
on a YouTube video that was posted, I think, not too long ago. And it was a video of Archbishop Christophorus of Jordan. And he was preaching in the Divine Liturgy. And he tells of a testimony of something that happened back in the 1970s when an incredible earthquake shook Mount Athos, the holy mountain of prayer. Here's the testimony that Archbishop Christophorus gave. And listen to see everything that we're talking about today and the results of those who have their souls consoled by God. So at, the, at a particular monastery, where at that time, Elder Paisios, we now know him as Saint Paisios. But Elder Paisios was currently dwelling in a particular monastery on Mount Athos. And the monks of that monastery had gone into the chapel, into the church to pray. <clears throat> Excuse me, there were numerous visitors on that particular day that were also visiting Mount Athos and that particular monastery. And while they were in there beginning to pray, Elder Paisios had not quite made it in there yet. But as they were beginning to pray, a violent earthquake shook Mount Athos. Violent to the point where all the chandeliers of the ceiling were waving and shaking and making noise. And one of the chandeliers crashed violently on the floor of the church. And all of the visitors who had come to pray did what you and I would probably do in that circumstance. They bolted out of the building in panic. They got out of there for fear of it crashing upon them. And so they rushed out, reacting to the violence of the earthquake. But not the elder monks. The elder monks were not shaken by what was shaking. The elder monks knew what shaking was going on. They weren't blind. They had senses. They experienced the violence and heard the crashes, but the testimony was these elder monks remained just as you are at peace and in prayer. And they continued praying. Now the deacon, there was a deacon there who was concerned about Elder Paisios because he wasn't with him. He wanted to go and make sure that he was okay. And so the deacon went out of the chapel and just as he got out of the chapel, there's Elder Paisios just about to enter the chapel. And here's what the deacon said. He said, Elder Paisios, everything is shaking and quaking and you're going into the church? He was concerned for his elder. Listen to the words of Elder Paisios. He said, Deacon, when you were a child, did your mother not rock you? To and fro. And yet you were not afraid. And now our Lord. Has seen fit to allow us to rock. To and fro a bit. And you're afraid. He said let me by. Let me go in to pray. Archbishop Christophorus. Concluded his sermon with these words. After that testimony. And we need to hear them. He said, do you see peace in the person's heart where Jesus is present? And where peace is present, there is Jesus. Because Jesus is our peace. Jesus is our joy. Jesus is hope. And I tell you these stories so that you will not fear. 
so that we keep Jesus inside of us, who is the source of all our peace. The monks knew the consolation of Israel. Their soul was at rest. Their soul was stable. And when the quaking all around them of this fallen world occurred, they still were at peace. They still were at rest. And I tell you, this is what our Lord is desiring to show us this day. When we celebrate the Incarnation coming up very, very quickly at the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ, He comes among us with great power. He has come. And He has come to succor you, to come alongside you, to deliver you, to be the strength in your weakness, to be the sufficiency where you are insufficient and not complete. To be your peace amidst the violence, in soul, in mind, in our land. Our Lord has come. Isn't it true? I have to believe that everyone here, and I say it's true about me. I long for the peace of the elder monks, but I promise you the peace is not for people who are monastics alone. You're the temple of the consolation of Israel. The peace is for us all, if we will with disciplines in this life. If we will move into Christ, press into Him and allow Him to truly come alongside us in fellowship with Him all the days of our lives, we will grow into the same peace, stability, consolation and rest of soul. And I want to encourage you, if this is something that truly you are longing to experience in this life, I could say it's always found in Christ and His church, and that's absolutely true. But I want to give you some very practical directives, even for this next week. I don't know how you celebrated and walked through Advent. I don't know if you are a blessed child of God that has had an incredible Advent journey, kept to the fast, experienced God, and seen your faith grown by the experience. Or if you have not been so great in your own mind in Advent and denied yourselves the fasting and the increased prayer and the almsgiving and not experienced Him in the way that our Lord wishes uh, to reveal Himself to you. Either way, what I tell you to do to experience the consolation of Israel is to finish Advent well. There is never a too late time. To turn in obedience and by the Holy Spirit and grace begin Advent and end it well. Because the whole thing of Advent it is preparation for a coming. And God will honor you in the eleventh hour. If you will fast and pray and invite him to come and join you in the last days of Advent. And he will grant you the experience of his kingdom. And himself that will bring consolation to your souls upon his birth that we celebrate this Christmas at the first Mass of Christmas Thursday night. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.